Oh man, I love Christmas. I was thinking about bathrobe dramas my mom used to make me put on. <laughs> well, I welcome you out tonight, man. Uh, it's a good night to be here. You know, the other night, I was, um, I was putting my oldest kid to bed. You know, he's seven. He was up here singing as one of the shepherds. And he asked me a fairly, thought-provocative, fairly thought-provoking question for a seven-year-old. He, uh, he said, Dad, uh, how could God become a man? He said, I just don't understand that. And I said, well, you know, the Bible does say that that is a mystery. Indeed, it's a great mystery how God was manifest in the flesh. Um, I have great expectations this Christmas because I'm grateful for all that God has done in my life. And I truly believe that what God has done once, he'll do again. What he's done for one, he'll do for another. And the same way that my son was asking me that question, um, I've also tried to be a little bit thought-provoking in the series I've been in over the holidays about gratitude. Um, you know, we've talked about things like being grateful for the seasons of life. They change. You grow in them. I'm grateful for adversity because it helps me get stronger. I'm grateful for correction when I need it. And on Christmas, I am grateful for one of the cardinal doctrines of the Bible, which is called the Incarnation the Immaculate Conception, an event so mysterious and so sacred, it was foretold by the prophets of old. The prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 7, said, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. I am thankful for the incarnation. Now, I have not been to heaven yet, uh, but it does sound pretty great. I mean, they got streets of gold. Flowers, perhaps singing in surround sound, uh, tropical weather maybe. I mean, it, it's comfortable. And I'm sure Jesus felt right at home in his heavenly abode. Why in the world then would you want to leave equality with God behind and come down here to this planet to live with men? Why, why would you do that? You know, on cold snowy mornings, I don't even want to get out of bed because it's comfortable in my warm sheets next to my wife. And yet the Bible answers that question about why Jesus came, and I'm glad it does. Uh, here's what the writer of Hebrews said. Hebrews chapter 2 says, Therefore, he had been made like his brothers in every respect. He's speaking of Jesus. He was made like, like us as, as men, so that he might become a merciful and a faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation. That's a $5 theological word that means a covering for sin. Propitiation, a covering, an atonement for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. The first reason why I am thankful for Jesus' incarnation is because Jesus became a man so that we could relate with him and that he could relate with us. Jesus became a man so that he could experience temptation. That's why he can relate with you. Now, I was taking a stroll down memory lane, you know, with the ghosts of Christmas past. And, you know, Christmas 1996 came to my mind when I was 16 and I was living in sin. And, you know, I looked at the calendar. We had like two weeks off that year in high school. And so after playing a basketball game against Skyview, uh, I went out with some friends and we went out partying. 
And I just remember that for like 12 of the 14 days that I had off of school, we partied. And, you know, I didn't think much about it until I got back to school because that behavior was almost becoming, you know, habitual, like a habit. And I had the thought when I was, you know, getting back, like, I wonder if the extracurricular activity that I'm engaging in could become a problem later in life. And even though I was not actively pursuing a relationship with God at that time, somehow, from deep within me, uh, I knew that the only person who could really help me in a moment when I would need him was Jesus. Because Jesus hears the cries of tempted people. Someone who's allured by alcohol or desires drugs or is seduced to steal. And like a mother who hears the cries of a baby, Jesus hears those cries. Now, I don't hear the cries of babies. You know, we've had three kids, and I can be in the house, and I don't hear them. But Elizabeth should jump up off the couch if she hears one of them stirring in the other room. And and that's what Jesus does. He hears the cries of people. So when you're struggling to overcome adultery, lust, pornography, doubt, fear, hatred, anger, lust, theft, lying, and a million other possible temptations. Just remember that Jesus has already faced those temptations and defeated them. He hears you and he can relate with you. You know, the incarnation really is at the heart of the Christmas story. Uh, So much so that the characters that we read about in the Christmas story uh, portray this timeless truth. I want to read from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, in the story of the shepherds. It tells us in Luke 2, chapter, Luke chapter 2, verse 8, there were in the same country shepherds out living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. It says, the angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. They said, wow, what does that mean? <laughs> and the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Symbols of servants, shepherds have long represented vessels of humility, serving at God's pleasure. And the symbol of a shepherd is his wooden staff. And what these shepherds represent for us is the humanity of Christ. Jesus became a man to experience obedience. In fact, the Bible says in Philippians 2 that being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even the death of the cross. Now, I was reminded of another time when I had Christmas in California. And it was a little weird to see palm trees decorated with ornaments and no snow. But what got even weirder was when I made an awkward joke around my family. Now, I know you don't think I'm capable of doing something like that. (laughs) But it did happen. It did. Yeah. Now, my uncle, he was living in a gated community. And uh, they had a maid, a young woman who was friends with my cousins. And, uh, you know, my cousins actually were living with my aunt and uncle there. And I think that's probably why they hired that maid, because she was, like, friends with them. And so the maid's boyfriend was there, and he had just flown in from, uh, you know, from out out of state. He's coming back home uh, to see his family. He's away for college. I got to talking with him. We hit it off. I found out he was from Scottish and Lebanese descent. Now, since it was 2003 and 9-11 was fresh in everyone's mind, I asked him if he'd ever been profiled by the TSA at the airport. 
And he laughed it off. He was chill, but the maid, his girlfriend, was furious. I mean, she's yelling at me, screaming. She had to go calm down outside and, and, and smoke a cigarette just to, just to calm down. And, you know, one of my cousins, she chewed me out. She couldn't believe I could say something so insensitive. But my other cousin gave me a thumbs up, said she didn't like the maid anyway. <laughs> and even though I said I was sorry and I did not defend myself for my inappropriate behavior, dinner was a bit awkward. So when you are struggling to stand strong, when you're persecuted, rejected, attacked, maligned, perhaps misunderstood, wounded, or a bit fearful, just remember that Jesus passed the test of obedience, and so will you. He understands your difficulties, your circumstances, your situation. He even understands your quirky personality, complete with all of its flaws. He's been there, faced the pain, the agony, faced the rejection, and he did it all without ever flinching. Now, of course, the other characters in the Christmas story are the wise men. We read about that in Matthew's account. Matthew chapter 2 says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and said, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Now, in the same way that the shepherds represent Jesus' humanity, the wise men represent his divinity. The shepherds are seen with wooden staffs, but kings carry gold. Jesus is fully God and fully man. That's the doctrine of the incarnation. He's a shepherd with a wooden staff. He's the king of glory. And he wants to relate with you, but he also intends for you to experience his glory. That's why the scripture says that he's the blessed and only potentate, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, over the years, I think we've had about 15 Christmas Eve services, and um, some of them have been better than others. Uh, our first Christmas Eve service in my grandma's living room, uh, we celebrated some time ago. Perhaps you were there, you might even remember. Uh, I remember we had a lady playing Silent Night on the keyboard, but she didn't know how to play the keyboard. So she could only play one button or one key at a time. And my grandma was like, man, that might have been the worst Silent Night I've ever heard. <laughs> the phone rang in the middle of the singing, and it kind of distracted us, but it was awkward. And then a few years later, when we were renting the uh, chapel from Billings Christian School, you know, to decorate it, we hung lights up, little Christmas lights on the ceiling, and uh, the lights fell like halfway through the service onto people's heads. And my grandma's phone rang and rang, and she answered it. Yeah. Um, so some of my lowest moments in the ministry have come right after Christmas Eve services. But somehow, by the grace of God, you know, we've made it this far. So the next time that you're feeling depressed and defeated about what the future holds, you've got to remember that Jesus is soon to play, take his place as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the man to experience temptation, submission, and obedience. He's the man to whom every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. You know, everything in the Bible points us to Jesus. It's one of the reasons why I believe the Bible is divinely inspired is because of its symbolism and imagery. Consider, for instance, the Ark of the Covenant, a simple box constructed of wood and overlaid with gold. And it's more than a container of manna and, ta and tablets. It's the perfect picture of Jesus 
incarnate nature. The wood of his humanity overlay with the gold of his divinity. Now maybe tonight you've been tempted by things that you just can't seem to control. Let me tell you, Jesus hears your cries and he can relate with you. Or maybe you need an example to follow. Jesus is the spotless, sinless lamb of God. He turned the other cheek and he prayed for his adversities, his adversaries, and his grace is sufficient. Maybe you need to be reminded of the destiny that awaits you as an overcomer and a child of God, child of the king. Now, I do feel an impression to pray for you in this moment and for the year to come. And I just ask you to stand up with me tonight. And I want to pray for God's blessing, his mercy, his faithfulness, his help in your life. Let's just take a moment. If you don't know the Lord, this is a perfect moment to accept him in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need your help. You can relate with people. You can relate with me. Save me from my sin. I want to pray over you. Father, I just thank you for this people. I thank you, Lord, for your ability to work with us where we are as humans and relate with us and love on us. And I pray, Lord, your faithful hand be upon us to serve you, to walk with you, to know you. And Lord, I pray that we'd be stirred up and reminded of good things to come in our future. We thank you for what the future holds. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen.